worship you. We worship you, Father. We give you praise and glory, Father. We esteem the word of you, Father. We honor you. We worship you. We praise you, Lord. For you are mighty, mighty God. You are faithful. We thank you, Father, for saving us. We thank you for sending your Son to the earth and dying on the cross. And on the third day, he was resurrected from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, Father. And now he's seated at the right hand of you, Father. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you, Father, for the power of God is present here today. Your power is right here, right here. You're an ever-present help in the time of need. Whatever the people need, whatever we need, that power is right here, right now, to deliver, to help, to save. And we thank you. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Father. Glory be to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 You know, in the, in the weeks gone by, we've been talking about the plan of God and hearing from God. And I want to talk today, continue talking today about that. The, but it's called the importance of hearing. The importance of hearing. And we're going to kind of backtrack a little bit from last week a little bit because we really, you know, didn't... Uh, minister too long on it because we went talking about communion in that. But you know, it is so, so important to hear from God. And not everybody does hear from God. You know, that's why even, even uh, well, the world will think you're nuts if you're talking about hearing from God because they don't hear from God because he doesn't speak to them. But you know, a lot of Christians will think you're weird for, for hearing from God. Why? Because they don't, they don't understand that you're supposed to hear. That's the plan. The plan is hearing from God. Jesus said, I can do nothing except I hear the Father or I see the Father. Amen? So it's important that you hear from God in, in receiving direction, and especially in these troubling times, because God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Well, in order to have that, that sound mind, you're going to have to be hearing from God. You're going to have to be reading his word and meditating in his scripture. All right, so let's kind of, let's kind of do a little somewhat quick review. Um, let's look at Psalm 119. And, you know, I mentioned this last week. In Psalm 119, Jesus looked in the word of God as a, as a young, uh, young man and, and child and as he grew and he looked in the word of God, he began to see himself in that word. So he took the Bible because, see, a lot of people think that Jesus, when he was a baby, he, he knew that he was the son of God and he knew all the power that he had and, and he, knew, he, he knew about faith and all that. He knew everything there was to know when he was a little bitty baby. Little bitty baby. That's not true. The Bible says he grew in stature. All right? He grew in stature with man and with God and, and with favor with man and God. So he grew, he had to grow, all right? You know, it would, it would be unreasonable of God 
to send his son here on the earth and endue him with everything from the very beginning and tell us now, be like him. How can we do that? You gave him everything he needed from the very beginning. No, he sent his son here, all right? And he sent him born of a virgin birth, born of a woman, so that he would do what? As a young child, he would have to take the same Bible, well, the Old Testament uh, uh, version of the Bible, the same word of God that you and I have available, and look in that word and discover himself. And so as he looked here, and in Psalm 119, verse 97, it says, Oh, how I love thy law. It is, it is my meditation all the day. Well, th this is speaking of, of, of Jesus, but it's also speaking of you and me. Because, you know, that's true of the Lord. All right? He loves the, he loves the law. The law is the word of God. All right? It says... It's my meditation all day long. And then in verse 98, he says, Through your commandments have you made me wiser than my enemies. All right? Well, that's true. Through, through his word, he has made us wiser than our enemies, for they are ever with us. Verse 99, he says, I have more understanding than all my teachers. For thy testimonies are my meditation. And you know, when, when Jesus went in and, 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 and taught with the teachers of the law, they were amazed at how much he knew. Well, see, this is clearly, it's talking about the Messiah. And so as this happened with Jesus, and he went in and taught, and the, and the, the, the teachers of the law, all right, the scholars of the law, they were amazed at how much he knew. He be, that, that began to more realization that he is the Messiah. And so he started to, to walk in that, in that way you know, all, from, from, a young, from a young child. And he grew in that because he got revelation that this is talking about me. And see... You and I need to see the same thing. The Word of God is talking about us. It's speaking to you if you'll hear it. But you have to have ears to hear. If, if, if you're hearing the things of the world, what's going on in the world, and you're troubled by what you see in the news, what you, what you hear people talking about, see, you're not hearing the Word of God. You're being distracted. And what happens is you, you become unsettled. You lose your peace. You're concerned. Well, what, what are we going to do about tomorrow? What are we going to do about our kids and our grandkids and things like If we don't do something that, well, see, you're, you're being shaken. That's the early stages of being shaken. And when that happens, you'll make decisions that are not based on the Word of God. And they can be, sometimes they can be catastrophic because you make the wrong decisions. But see, if we meditate on His Word, there's promises that come with it. Look at verse 99, it says, I have more understanding than my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. Verse 100, I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. Now, isn't that revelation? He says, I understand more than the ancients. 
because I keep your word. Let's pull that into, into the New Testament. I keep your word. I keep your order. I do what you say to do. I don't do what I want to do. I do what you say. I do it your way. Verse 101, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. Now, in that revelation for today, think about the times that you, that you messed up. Did you really keep your feet from every evil way? Or did you, did you take a step in the wrong direction and there was a slippery path and before you knew it, you were in trouble? Well, see the word here has a, has a, has a word for you. Refrain your feet from every evil way. So not every path is the right path, is it? You know, we talked about that too in recent weeks. God has a path for your life. So if God has a path, guess what? The devil has paths too. So we want to keep our, our eyes focused on the Word of God, our meditation on the Word of God, all right, so that what, what we, we, we don't fall into an evil way. Verse 102 says, I have not departed from your judgments, for you have taught me how sweet are your words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey in my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Now, that's, that last one there is powerful. Through your precepts, through your way, through the words of God, through following and doing things His way, He says, I get understanding. Does he get it the first time he follows the, the word? Well, he might get something. But see, he, he's talking about an ongoing thing here. Through your precepts, through your ways, through the word of God, through following the word, I get understanding. It happens over and over and over and over again. All right, you might be keeping his word many, many, many times, but through that process, understanding keeps coming to you. You start getting revelation. About what? About you. About your life. About your, your walk with God. It, now, he'll also reveal things to you about other people too, but see, the main focus is about you. All right? Okay, let's, uh, let's go to um, Acts chapter, chapter 2 and uh, get into some uh, other things here. The importance about hearing. You know, in recent weeks in Isaiah, he talked about how God shut their ears because he said, he said you'll just, I close your ears because, and I'll put it in, in, my, in, in my vernacular, I closed your ears because you would just be treacherous with, with my words. You would trample my words. So God, what he did with the Israelites, he, he shut their ears so they couldn't hear. And we learn through that, if God can shut people's ears so they can't hear, He can open them too. So see, sometimes what we just need to do is we just need to ask the Father, Father, open our ears that we'll hear. Open my ears to hear what you're saying to me. I'm willing. I'm willing. See, and, but, but if you're not willing, God's not going to open your ears. Now, in Acts chapter 2 here... Um, We'll look at a couple, you know, some scripture here, and kind of to set, you know, they were sent to Jerusalem to tarry 
for, for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, right? And let's back up into verse, uh, or chapter 1 here real quick. In verse 13, uh, I'm sorry, verse 15, it says, And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, The number of names together were about 120. I want you to get this picture because there's 120 there in the upper room waiting for the Holy Spirit to be poured out uh, on Pentecost. Now, there's some other things that are happening here too. Is through this process, there's not only people there to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the pouring out of the Spirit, New Testament believers, but there's also, there's also the Old Testament believers, the Sadducees and Pharisees and that, they have come from all over to meet for what? For the reading of the Word, the Torah, okay? Because it's Pentecost. So they're there, there's, and there's thousands of them. There's thousands of people there that have come to, to do what? To hear the Word of God spoken, right? There's thousands of these people here, and that's, that's when it, what, this is all coming together at once because Jesus had told them, now go tarry into Jerusalem until, until you be endued with power from above. And in chapter 2, it says this, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Notice it uses that word fully come. That means it's, it's, it's going to be full. So it, if it had fully come on this day, then maybe is it a possibility that the, the Pentecost before that weren't completely full of something? It's possible, isn't it? It says, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now watch this. It says in verse 5, And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Why were they there? They came to hear the reading of the word. It says they are devout Jews. All right? They're there for a reason. And there's about three, you know, I've I, I read that it, uh, it, there was anywhere from three to, to 5,000 men, just men there. For the reading of the word. All right? Now, what we're seeing really taking place here in this is there's 120 men that are filled with the Spirit, about 3,000, and literally what we have is the Spirit and the Word coming together. You got to see this. The Spirit and the word are coming together. And it says, verse 6, Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded 
because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed, and they marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites, and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia in Egypt, and the parts of Libya and Cyrene, strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. Now listen, there's thousands of men there from different nations. There's only 120 disciples that are filled with the Spirit. A supernatural thing happens when they begin to speak in tongues because each of them did not speak in, this, in the same language of these other people because there's too many nations there. What happened is God, as they spoke in tongues, a supernatural miracle takes place that each one of these men, wherever they were from on the earth, the language was changed. God changed the words by the Spirit of God that they heard them in their own native tongue, even though there was more than 120 nations represented there. There was more languages because when you get into other, these other languages, you know, uh, 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 countries, they have more dialects. But each one of them understood them speak in their own language. And there's only 120 disciples. Yet, these thousands and thousands of devout Jews heard them speak in their own native tongue, their own native dialect, wherever they were from. They heard them clear. See, that's another miracle. That's another miracle. You know, things like that happen quite freak, more frequently than what you realize. That's the power of praying in the Spirit. But what we see here is God bringing the Spirit and the Word together, and it says that they heard them. They heard them speak in their own native language. And they, care, they clearly understood. And, they, and they, were, they were, it says, they were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. They were amazed and they marveled, saying one of the, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? See, they were speaking different languages. And so one, one man may have been speaking, giving a word in tongues, and three other people were standing in front of him from three other countries, but each one of them heard him in his own native tongue. Yet it was one tongue. That's supernatural. That's just supernatural. But clearly, they came to do what? Remember, the reason why they came there, the devout Jews, the reason they came there was to hear what? The Word of God. That was the reason. That's why they had come that particular day. They came to hear the Word of God. And God spoke through them, or to them, through the Spirit of God. Before, all they got was the Word. We're going to stand up and hear reading of the Word of God.
They, they came thousands of hundreds of miles just to hear someone stand up and speak the same words they could read. See, we, a lot of people miss that. That's called honor. That's called love. They love the word so much. They came because they knew there was something spiritual taking place at that moment. Now, I don't know why there wasn't more. I don't know why there wasn't more than 3,000. Why, why wasn't there you know, hundreds of thousands? I don't know. But you know what? You can, we can look back and say there was only 120, but there was over 500 that saw Jesus appear and say, go and tarry in Jerusalem. So maybe it's the same thing there. What I'm saying is, and what the word's saying is, not everybody's hungry to hear. You've got to be hungry to hear from heaven. You have to have a hunger to hear from the Father. If you don't have that hunger, you're not going to hear. You're going you're gonna to miss it. All right? Now, go to, go to 3 John, and I'm going to read to you from the Amplified. 3 John chapter 1. I'm sorry, 1 John. I said 3 John. That's my mistake. 1 John, chapter 1. And I'm going to read to you from the Amplified because I want you to hear this. In verse 3, What we have seen and ourselves we heard, we are also telling you so that you too may realize and enjoy fellowship as partners and partakers with us. And this fellowship that we have, which is a distinguishing mark of Christians, is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So you notice that they, they, they start out this, what we have seen in our, we've heard. We've heard this. They're telling us so that we may realize and enjoy. See, because until you realize, you realize that this is God speaking to you. You just blow it off. You take the Word of God and you, you don't put any importance to it. But yet, you'll turn around, people will turn around and then cry out to God, say, God, help me in this situation. But yet, you've been, you've been ignoring Him all along. And so, it's not, that, it's not that He's not speaking to you, it's that you can't understand Him speaking to you because you haven't honored Him, you haven't honored His ways. You haven't hungered after him. But yet then when, you, then when people, they need him, they want him, they wonder why he's not talking. He is talking. But see, you, you, 
You've not been following his way so that you don't hear how he's speaking to you. You don't recognize him giving you the signs. You don't recognize him speaking to you through his word because you don't even read his word. So how can he show you in the Bible when the only times you pick up the Bible is when you have a problem? But I like what he says here. He says, and this fellowship that we have is a distinguishing mark of a Christian. What fellowship? With the Father. So if they're fellowshipping with the Father, guess what? They're not the ones doing all the talking. He's speaking to them. He's revealing himself to them. And that's what is a distinguishing mark of a Christian or a believer. When you got, when you got people, or I'll say it this way, church people that say, think you're strange because you hear from God, they're, they're just church people. I don't know that I'd even call them God's people. I don't know that they have a fellowship with him. Because he says here, it's a distinguishing mark. is fellowshipping with the Father. And not you, the one doing all the talking. Because you know a lot of people that, they say, well, I talk to the Father. Yeah, you're the one doing all the talking. And it's obvious by how you conduct yourself, you're not listening at all. You know, I guess it amazes me how I listen to people that call themselves Christians, yet, yet they're cussing all the time, swearing, and, then, and they'll even swear to you they got a relationship with the Father. They don't. You can't act that way. He's not going to let you act that way. Because he's going to correct you. He's going to direct you into his ways. Right? Now, let's go to another word here in um, Matthew 13. Look, let's look here, Matthew 13. Jesus is speaking in Matthew 13. And the disciples asked Jesus, why do you speak to them in parables? And verse 11, he, says, he answered them, he says, Because it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not given. Verse 12, For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even what he has. Now see, this is, a, this is how the kingdom of heaven operates. And what's he talking about? It's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it's not given. To those that are hungry and thirst after righteousness, it shall be given unto them. More shall be given unto them. Then he says this in verse 13, Therefore speak I to them in parables, because... They seeing, see not. And hearing, they don't hear. Neither do they understand. So in other words, what's happening, these people are seeing, 
things, and they're hearing things. But they're not equating them in the spiritual realm. They don't understand it. They see it, but they're not really seeing it. They hear it, but they don't really hear it spiritually. It's just like a lot of people could be right in here today, or they're in churches all over the world. They're, you know, they're, you're hearing me speak, but you're not really hearing the Spirit of God speaking to you. Because what? You're, you're, you're focused on other things. See, that's the devil's job is to get you to focus on something else. Focus on something that, that doesn't pertain to what is being said here today. So that what? You can't understand. Even though you're hearing my voice, you're hearing the sound of my voice go out, you're not hearing what the Spirit of God. Though you're seeing that we're here assembled in the God's house, you don't see that the Spirit of God is right here with us. And that's what Jesus was saying. Verse 14, he says, And in in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, By hearing you shall hear and shall not understand. And seeing you shall see and you shall not perceive. Verse 15, For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. lest at any time should they see with their eyes, and he's talking about spiritual eyes, and hear with their ears, hear what the Spirit of God is saying to them, and they should understand with their hearts, and they would be converted, and I would heal them. I would cause, bring great and mighty changes in their life that would profit you. But they don't because what? They don't hear. They don't see. These are Jesus' words. The importance of hearing. And that's why he said, that's why I speak to them in parables. Because what the parable does is it separates the sheep from the goats. The sheep know the master's voice. The goats don't. They don't give a rip. The goats will eat. The food that's meant for the sheep. That's how goats are. So the goats are more concerned about the outward things that are going on in the world than they are hearing the Father's voice. The sheep are not. The sheep know the Master's voice. They recognize the Father speaking through a prophet, through a pastor, through a five-fold ministry person, and they recognize it. The goats don't. That's what Jesus is saying. All right, let's go to um, Hebrews chapter 5. Look at Hebrews 5, and again, I'm going to read to you from the Amplified here. I really lo- enjoy what the Amplified, how, he, how the Amplified puts this. the importance of hearing, and really, how do you hear? Well, you have to want to hear. You have to have a hunger to hear the Word of God, spend time with the Father, and let it change your life. 
you know, you see that if you're, if there's something that the word is telling you to do and you're not doing it, then if you're hearing, then you go ahead and do it. If you're not hearing, you just keep going and doing things your way. That's how you become dull of hearing. Keep doing it your way. In uh, Hebrews 5, let's look at verse 11. It says, Let us therefore be zealous and exert ourselves and strive diligently to enter that rest of God, to know and experience it for ourselves, that no one may fall or perish by the same kind of unbelief and disobedience into which those in the wilderness fell. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit and of joints and marrow, of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of our hearts. Think about that. That's what the Word will do. It, it, it analyzes, it judges every thought and every purpose in our heart. So see, when you, when you look at the Word of God, it reveals, it will, it will reveal to you, is your heart really in this? I, I'm not, it's not trying to, to bring condemnation on you. It's trying to show you the reason why the Word's not working for you is because your heart's not really in it. Then when you get your heart in it and the Word is working in you, all right, You'll, you'll, you'll recognize that, hey, the reason why the Word worked for me then was because my heart was in it. Because I, I backed up here. In verse 12, it says, For the Word that God speaks is alive. It's full of power. You have to realize that the Word of God is just as powerful in your mouth as it is in Jesus' mouth. That's what the Father wants you to realize. When you're walking in His ways, doing things His way, that Word of God is just as powerful in your mouth as it is in the Father's mouth. You have to see it. You know, I was, I was reading a, in a book by E.W. Kenyon, this week, and, and he was talking about the power that Jesus had. And he, and he made this statement, and something just went off in me. I was like, just the way I heard it, I was like, well, yeah, that's, that makes sense. He said that Jesus walked in the same power, with the same power that's available to you and me. Not a different level of power. Because how could, how could he ask us to do the things that he did, but we didn't have the power that he did? That wouldn't be reasonable, would it? If Jesus was operating 
with a whole lot of power and he only gave us a small portion of it, we couldn't do the things that he did. So see, the problem is not on the level of the power. But see, if your thinking is not right, you'll think, well, if I just had more power. But the Bible says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and me. Not a like one. Not a similar one. The same one. You start to realize that the Word of God is alive. It's full. It's energizing. So when you speak the Word of God, there's energy that's released that goes into the, that situation. It's active. It's operative. What's that mean, operative? That means it, it's going in. It's operating. Well, what happens when there's an operation? Things are being corrected. Right? When a doctor goes in and performs an operation, they're, they're in there to, to make some corrections. So the Word of God, it's operative, and when it's released, it's correcting things. So don't get upset if through that process things might look like they're not doing real good, but they're just being corrected. It'll be all right. Because the, the Word of God's working in that situation. But what happens is the enemy wants to get you to focus on the negative things so that you do what? You release the power. You take your hand off the power. If he can get you to take your hand off the power of God and put it anywhere else, he don't care where you put it, just get your hand, get your voice off the power of God and onto anything else. If he can get you to do that, the word will stop working. So what do you need to do if you've done that? Well, you just repent. You say, Father, forgive me. That's not how it's going to be. Your word's true. What I said was a lie. Because what I said is in direct conflict with your word. Your word says, by his stripes, I'm healed. Doesn't matter what I think. Doesn't matter what I see. I'm going to live and not die, and I'm going to, I'm going to declare the works of the Lord. See, you, you literally, you've got to take that word, and you've got, to, you've got to fight a warfare. Over situations in your life, in loved ones' lives, you got to say, no, that's not how it's going to be. Now, see, Satan starts trying to paint a picture. Look how, this, how bad this is going to be. No, it ain't going to be that way. It ain't going to be that way. They're going to get on the other side of this. They're going to live. They're not going to die. They're going to declare the works of the Lord. All my family, they're taught of the Lord. Long life. Will he satisfy them? Whatever the situation. See, I'm, you just take a, you know, I'm taking the word of God and put it into that situation. They know this is what the word of God says about that situation. That's what I'm standing on. But see that, you know, this, the old Slewfoot, man, he's real sly. He, he'll try to get you to come off that word. And, and, you know, the next thing you know, you're looking, you're, you're looking at something and you start talking about it. And the next thing you know, you're, you're giving life to that situation.
And you're like, oh my gosh, what in the world am I saying? We've all done it. We've all done it. We've all done it. Come on now. And none of us all never done it. We've all done that. What do you do? You quickly it is not going to be that way. No, 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 no. It's going to be your way. I'm going to get back on the word. I'm going to see what I'm going to do. I'm going to put pressure. I'm going to put pressure. I'm going to put pressure on the word of God. Because, you know, the word tells us. Jesus gave the parable about the, about the word. When the word is sown, what happens? The devil immediately comes to do what? To take it. Right? He comes to take, he comes to take that word that was sown into your heart. He comes to take it away from you. But see, you understand that Jesus meditated on that word day to night. It, it, it became him because he saw himself in the word. He never separate. He, he, he got to the point he could not separate himself from the word. It was inseparable. And it's that way today. So when anything came out at him that was outside the plan of God, it didn't stand a chance because he took the word, said, this is how it'll be. Wherever he went, the word, he literally had become the word because he, he grew into that. The word became flesh. He became one with the Word. You have to become one with the Word. You have to see this Word in you. There can't be any separation between you and the Word of God. The devil wants it. He wants to separate you from the Word. He'll do whatever he can to separate you from the word. Because if he does that, you can't put any pressure on him at all. He's not going to fear you. But if you become one with that word, and you don't have to know everything in this Bible to become one with that you can, you can become with the one, the word that you know. From day one, you can become one with that word and you can start having an effect on Satan and his kingdom because there's life, there's power in the word of God. It moves mountains. It does. It moves mountains. It'll move mountains for you, but you've got to speak it. You've got to honor it. You have to see it. Go to Job 33. I want you to look at this scripture here. Job 33. We talked about God uh, opening ears. Did you see it here in Job 33? 
and verse 8, he says this. He says, Surely you have spoken in my hearing, and I have heard your voice, the voice of your words saying. Now notice he says, You have spoken in my ear, and I'm hearing, and I have heard, your, heard the voice of your words. Drop down to verse 14. For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. Didn't I say that earlier? That God speaks to people. The problem is they don't hear him. The reason why they don't hear him is because they're not fellowshipping with him. Your fellowshipping with the Father is the most important relationship you have on this earth. Verse 8. When deep sleep falls upon men and slumberings upon the bed, then he openeth the ears of the men and he sealeth their instruction. Those that are hearing, see, he's, re he's recognizing that even while you sleep, God opens the the ears of men that want to hear. And he gives them instruction. And it's sealed in them. It's sealed. And they recognize it. They know it because why? Because they know their ears are open to hear. And they hear his voice. And the voice of a stranger they're not going to follow. So when the Spirit of God, as they sleep, speaks to them in a dream, in a vision, it's sealed in them. It's not coming out. Do you see that? It's not coming out. It's sealed in you. Uh, go to Job 42. And here's just a, a revelation. Job 42, verse 5, says, I have heard of thee by the, by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. But now what's, what's, what's what happened? Because he heard. Now he sees it come to pass. He sees it come to pass. I, 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 you know, it, this is a twofold word here. He's not just talking about seeing it come to pass immediately. He's saying, I've, I've heard the word. I've heard the word. I've stood on the word. I heard it. And now, by golly, I've seen it come to pass. Doesn't tell you how long he took before he saw it, does it? He said, The key is, I heard it first. Then I saw it. So always remember, you've got to hear it first before you see it. You've got to hear it first before you see it. Don't get those two out of order. Don't think you've got to see it, see it and then you're going to hear it. No, no, no. There's an order here. You hear what the Spirit of God is saying about the situation and knowing that the Word and you are one. You'll see it. How long? It, 
It doesn't say that's not up, that's not our part. But he gives he gives a revelation here. I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eyes see of thee. I see it. That's good. Go to go one more Proverbs twenty, real quick. Proverbs twenty. This is a kind of seal for you for the, for the hearing. In Proverbs 20 and verse 12, it says, The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord hath made even both of them. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord made them. The Lord made them. How did he do it? Through his word. Through his word. Through his word. So see, you want things to change in your life, and people want them to change in their life, you're going to have to do it God's way. You're going to have to do it what? And God's a covenant God. You get in covenant, and you stay in covenant with him, things are going to change. Things are going to change. And it doesn't matter that the people around you aren't in covenant. It doesn't matter. You stay in covenant, they'll come around to being in covenant. How long? That's not our part. Don't look at that part. Satan will try to get you looking at that part. You just keep hearing the word of God. You keep, and, and, and you'll see it come to pass. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It, it, just know that it's going to come to pass, and once it's come to pass, then it don't matter how long it took, does it, anymore? It really doesn't. It really doesn't. Once you stand, you take a stand, and you don't come off that stance, you'll see it come to pass. Did you get something today? Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for this divine revelation of your Word, the hearing, the importance of hearing the Word of God, the importance of hearing the Word of God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You said in your Word that my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger. They'll not follow. Because, Father, we hear your voice. We fellowship with you. And there, there, is, there is no greater fellowship than that with the Father. There's no, there's no greater fellowship than that with the Father. The reason why people get in trouble and, and things like that, because they've broken fellowship with the Father. They're, they're trying to fellowship with the world. You can't serve two masters. You'll love one, you'll hate the other. Your fellowship has to be with the Father and you'll wait for others, listen to me, you'll wait for others to come into that fellowship. You don't step out of fellowship from the Father for them. No, 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 that's not going to bring them into fellowship. with You stay fellowshipping with the Father. You place a, an importance on the level of the Word. They'll come around. You won't need to go get them. They'll come to you because you're, you're, you're attached to the Word. Because really what they're coming for is they're coming for the Word. 
they're not running from you, they're running from the Lord. So when they come, they're not coming for you, they're coming for the Lord, right? You can't have it two ways. So you see, those are spiritual, we'll see, we'll see this, that, that people that are running from, they're running from the Lord, they're not running from you, right? When we're, when we're standing in the truth, we're doing the, doing the Word of God and people are, are running away from you, they're, they're not running from you, they're actually running from God. So when they turn around and they come running towards you, they're not really running toward you, they're running toward the Lord. Amen? That's where you stand. Stand on the Word, and they'll come running toward the Lord. They'll come running toward the Word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's power in the Word. There's power in the Word. There's power in your words as you stand in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. The power is present. The power of God is present to deliver you from every situation that's, in, that's going on in your life right now. All you have to do is avail yourself to it. It's available to you. It's available to you. Just reach out and say, Father, I'll receive it. I'll take this word. Now, I'll speak, I'll speak your word over the situation. You'll find, in the, you'll find in, the, in the Bible what the word of God says about your situation. You'll take that scripture, whether it's one or two, one or two verses. It doesn't have to be a multitude. You'll take that word and you'll speak it over your situation. Say, this is what it'll be. Because this is what the word of God says. And the word of God is alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. We got it right out on the sign out there. All right? It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So it separates. It separates. It'll bring things to pass. It brings things to pass. Glory to God. Because why? Because you become one with the Word. Not one with the Word and one with the world. No, you can't, be, you can't serve them. You've got to turn away from the things of the world. And it'll change. It'll change for you. Why? Because the Word works. The Word of God always works. It does not fail. Amen? Amen. Well, we'll release the social media audience right now. We call you blessed. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.